As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at the surging Sandy Alcantara and an interesting slate of streaming pitchers. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70 celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Michael Beller, Al Melky, are here with you on Tuesday, September 14th. The news and notes begin with a note on Blake Snell, who's not ruled out for Friday's start. May not be ready, though, so we're sort of up in the air on Blake Snell and whether he'll be able to start Friday against St. Louis with his groin injury. Alex Cora says there is a good chance, however, that Chris Sale will start this weekend in Baltimore. Sale's been on the COVID list. Chris Paddock going to the IL with elbow inflammation. John Gant, he's also headed to the IL, was removed from his start in the first inning against the Yankees with an abdominal injury. Jay Gota Rizzi also left his start early on Monday. He left in the second inning with a foot issue. Chris Taylor, unlikely to play before Wednesday because of his neck injury. He could go to the IL. Jack Flaherty is going to throw a bullpen session on Thursday. Not clear if he'll return in 2021. And even if he does, not clear what sort of role he will have for the Cardinals. Drew Steckenrider got his ninth save of the year against Boston. He has four of the last seven saves for Seattle, and he's the only reliever with multiple saves in that stretch. Are we taking the cues here, Al, and saying Steckenrider is the primary save-getter in Seattle the remainder of the way? It definitely looks that way right now. Back-to-back saves for him as well. Add that to that log of, uh, of accomplishments. Uh, and I mean, at this point, it, just if there's anybody out there who is getting saves, you know, semi-regularly, and I think it's more than fair to say that Steckenrider is doing that, uh, and you need saves unless you're just totally out of it in that category, I think Steckenrider is a great target right now. And I say that in spite of the fact that his peripheral stats aren't uh, as good as um, Paul Seawald's for example. But at this point, I kind of just toss that all out the window and see who's getting the priority. And it definitely seems to be second writer. Yeah, no long-term thinking on September 14th. Go get the guy who's getting the save. Second writer is that guy in Seattle. Let's move on to our standouts from Monday. Sandy Alcantara stands out yet again. Eight shutout innings against Washington. One hit, seven Ks. 
no walks. And since August 1st, Al, 75 strikeouts in 63 innings. This is the Sandy Alcantara we've wanted to see for years, and we're finally seeing him. Yeah, and uh, the question is just that our desire to see this from Sandy Alcantara. How much is this going to factor in to our thinking for uh, 2022? And you know, that's the 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 angle that we're going to be raising more and more over these last few weeks, obviously, because there, you know, in terms of 2021, there's nothing to say about Sandy Alcantara except just keep him in your rotation. Obviously, uh, you don't need us to tell you that. But um, it's just an interesting uh, kind of quandary every off season about how much do you wait the last quarter, the last third of the season, especially when you see a dramatic improvement like this, like we're seeing in Sandy Alcantara. So, uh, you know, I'd be inclined to buy into it because like you said, Michael, you know, that potential has always been there all along, but uh, definitely will be key to see how he rounds out the season over his last couple of turns in the Marlins rotation. This Marlins team, Al, if they want to spend a little bit, because there's guys to spend on this offseason, they could quickly be among the competitors with the rotation that they've already built for themselves. And how about Alec Manoa upstaging Sandy Alcantara? I know a different game, but it's like uh, an even better performance. Also eight shot innings, also one hit, also no walks. He had 10 Ks against a very tough Rays team. Alec Manoa just putting on a show in what had to have been the best start of his career thus far. Yeah, no, very, very impressive start for Manoa. And I don't think that there's really any quandaries here. I, you know, I thought about this preparing to talk about both Alcantara and Manoa today. I knew that there was going to be two sides to the Alcantara discussion. I'm not sure what the other side is to the Alcantara discussion, other than he's still relatively uh, very young in his major league career. And maybe there's some adjustments forthcoming on, on part of his opponents, but uh, you know, I would see him as, you know, possibly a number two starter going into next year. Yeah. The impartial baseball fan in me too, very much wants to see the Blue Jays not only get in the wild card game, but win the wild card game and get themselves a shot at a real playoff series this season. That would be a whole lot of fun. Logan Gilbert uh, had a nice little outing here against Boston. Six innings, gave up one run on five hits, struck out nine, walked two. What are you doing with Logan Gilbert right now, Al? Well, I'm definitely starting Gilbert down the stretch. Uh, he's he's in must-start territory for me. And he's been there pretty much all along, even when he had, just a couple weeks back, a little bit of a downturn. But through that downturn, the peripherals still look pretty good. And if you look at the season-to-date stats for Gilbert, I mean, he is just now under a 5 ERA. And I could see myself winding up with lots of Logan Gilbert next year because the peripherals still, uh, just for the season a whole, as a whole, look really strong, and he's really been hurt by a low strand rate, 65.8%. Uh, that's something that will almost certainly improve in 2022, and uh, I think that you know maybe some people will underrate Gilbert going into next season because of the ERA. Some ups and downs for Luis Heal in his start on Monday. The ups, he went six innings. He struck out eight. He only walked one. All good marks there. The downs, seven hits, three of which were homers. Five runs total allowed by Heal in this start against the Twins. Another guy that, what are you doing with the rest of the season? Well, this is two starts in a row where Heal has had kind of a weird final line. But again, if you just look under the hood and you know see what's going on there, I don't really see anything to worry about with Heal other than when is he going to make his next start? Where does he fit into this Yankees rotation rest of season? Uh, Aaron Boone has found ways to get him back up, get him in the rotation. Uh, Yankees certainly need his arm. So uh, if you've got Heal, I think there's there's really nothing to do here except just monitor when the next start is coming. 
Successful return to the mound for Clayton Kershaw after being on the IL when four and a third against the Diamondbacks gave up one run on four hits, walked one, struck out five, immediately back in the circle of trust, I have to imagine now. Yeah, probably never left for uh, for the vast majority of us, but I think there was a question maybe of how deep he was going to pitch into starts coming back. So the fact that he made it into the fifth in that first start back is really encouraging. If he did start Kershaw this week, he should get a second start. And, uh, you know, that four and a third plus whatever he gives you over the weekend, uh, that should be pretty nice for uh, getting him back into your rotation. You Darvish, Ben, sort of a microcosm of the uh Padres tailspin in the second half of the season got rocked again by the Giants on Monday gave up eight runs on six hits four of which were homers in just four innings Uh, really really brutal stretch for Darvish and he's looking at St. Louis Atlanta and the Dodgers the rest of the way do you start him out I don't I don't I I'm probably not dropping him at this point, which I I wouldn't blame somebody for at least considering that, given that he's probably just got those three starts left. And, uh, you know, if you needed the the spot, I I wouldn't blame anybody for thinking about it. But uh, I I still held out some hope here. (laughs) You know, if if he pitches well against the Cardinals, then, you know, maybe you think about, about him against Atlanta. But uh, yeah, very, very discouraging. And I'll admit that, you know, I thought that that IL stint was going to just, um, you know, heal everything for Darvish and, and, uh, you know, maybe the back is still an issue for him. I have absolutely no idea, but this is obviously not the U Darvish we, uh, saw earlier in the year and we're uh, hoping to see more recently. Move it over to the hitters. Jordan Alvarez with a two-homer game running his total to 30. That's something that, you know, not a big surprise, but not the only Astro with a two-homer game. His teammate Jose Siri with a two-homer game, making that in his first MLB start, the first MLB player ever with two homers and five RBI in his first career start. Uh, He was filling in for Michael Brantley, who was out because of a knee injury. Is there anywhere where you're adding Siri the rest of the way, Al? Is there enough here? Is there enough playing time here to want to add him for these next couple of weeks? Well, I'm definitely adding Siri and AL only and uh, maybe just preemptively looking at my 15 teamers as well. Uh, And I don't know where that playing time is going to come from. Obviously, if Brantley is out longer than anticipated because, you know, right now he's considered day to day. But if this drags on a bit, that certainly improves the chances for Siri to uh, to play. But he can play center field and that's kind of up for grabs. So I don't know that uh, he would necessarily play enough to matter in most mixed leagues because probably best case scenario there is that unless he just gets an opportunity and runs with it, that he's split in playing time, which has McCormick and Jake Myers. But, uh, you know, there's, you know, like a dumb and dumber, there's a chance, right? (laughs) So (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. You know, had a really great season, a triple a sugar land, batting average, uh, 16 homers, 24 steals. So, you know, it it would be nice to see him, uh, get a little bit, a little bit of playing time. I am just mad, Michael, that I did not foresee the Siri versus Alexi matchup here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, be ready with, you know, something witty to say when he homered off him. So missed opportunity there. Hey, it's all right. You made up for that more than uh, you uh, would left on the table by bringing Lloyd Christmas into an episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. <laughs> so that's very good. Mitch Hanniger's season, just uh, another great one. Four for four, 33rd homer of the year. I'm just a, a monster season from Mitch Hanniger. Tasker Hernandez went five for five on Monday, hit a double his 27th of the season. And again, that uh, that Blue Jays team, the impartial baseball fans out there, if we're not invested in 
Boston or the Yankees or one of those AL West teams that still feels like it's on the fringes of the wildcard race. Got a lot of partisans uh, pulling for the Blue Jays here down the stretch. Harrison Bader went three for four with a double and a walk against the Mets on Monday. He's 15 for his last 50 with a pair of homers in that stretch. Enough for you to uh, have him catch your eye out? He is. And, uh, you know, just within the last week or so, uh, either on this show or on uh, the uh, the Fantasy Baseball podcast uh, over the weekend, I uh, said I'd given up on Harrison Bader. And so seems to have a second or a third wind. I'm not even sure which it is for him <laughs> this year. But this time he's backing it up uh, with the high batting average. He's backing it up with not striking out very much lately. So at minimum, maybe uh, just somebody that you can pick up for the last couple of weeks who seems to definitely be in a groove right now. All right, and how about Evan Longoria, someone who we were worried about with the roster crunch in San Francisco, especially after the Chris Bryant trade, but he started six of the last seven yesterday, his 12th homer of the season against the Padres, and production has not been a problem for Longoria. When he's been healthy, he's been right there in the fountain of youth with Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt having an excellent year with the playing time potentially solidifying. Is he someone who's on our radar? He absolutely is. And I one of the dumbest moves I have made this season uh, is to drop Longoria a couple weeks ago, thinking that when he came back, the playing time just wasn't going to be there because the roster crunch that you just talked about. So very wrong about that. I haven't doubted the production. He's been really steady, like you said, when he's been healthy. So uh, if you somehow have an opportunity to pick up Longoria, you absolutely have to do that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Al, Tuesday streamers, we've got a very nice bunch here. Jesus Luzardo and Eric Fetty going up against one another. You can stream either side of that matchup. Joe Ryan starts against Cleveland in game one of what is a doubleheader. Tyler Anderson going up against the Red Sox. Drew Rasmussen getting that tough matchup with the Blue Jays. Tony Gonsolin, a much softer matchup against Arizona. Tuki Toussaint going up against Colorado. And Dylan Peters gets Cincinnati. What are you thinking here for the stream on Tuesday? All right. Well, I just want to talk about Peters really quickly because I don't, he doesn't really stack up with some of the options here, but it is interesting. He's actually pitched pretty well since uh, joining the Pirates rotation. So maybe just a, a, a wait and see kind of start for Peters, see how he does <clears> against a good Reds team. But uh, I really like Fetty against the Marlins. Um, don't, he's definitely a streamer for me. Don't always like him, but I actually like him better in this one than Luzardo. Really like Joe Ryan against Cleveland. And, um, you know, a couple of matchup-based picks here. Tuki Toussaint against the Rockies. Uh, Toussaint, very unpredictable, but that's such a good matchup. And Gonsolin just hopes that, you know, maybe he can go five deep in that one because that's a pretty good matchup there. So definitely priority for Joe Ryan and Eric Fitty on this uh, on this slate. All right, Alan, I'm going to wrap things up with a bit of a gambling spotlight, and I want to go right back to that Cleveland-Minnesota matchup. Tristan McKenzie on the mound for Cleveland. 
Uh, Cleveland plus 110 in this game. And with the way McKenzie's pitched, getting plus odds, that's something that I can absolutely get behind. And then very rare that you see three teams in the Brewers, Phillies, and Dodgers, both major favorites who are being undersold by the money line, according to our buddy Derek Cardi and his EV analytics model that you can find at the Athletic. Brewers minus 200, Phillies minus 200, Dodgers minus 250. Those are major favorites, and all of them are being undersold by those lines. Again, according to Derek and EV analytics, Take those guys, parlay them together, and suddenly you turn those three major favorites into a nice return at plus 215. So that's something I will be checking out today also. Brewers, Phillies, and Dodgers all to win. And then give me Cleveland and Tristan McKenzie over Minnesota. That will do it for this episode of the... That will do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Please rate, review, and subscribe. All of that fun stuff. Al and I, we are back with you on Wednesday. And really, that's the most fun thing of all, isn't it? We'll talk to you then. Enjoy the baseball on Tuesday.